What's going on, everybody? Hope y'all are having an amazing day. It's your boy Taha Shake back at it again with another episode of the Shake Up. Thank you for all the love you guys showed on episode number one, the comments, the feedback. It truly meant a lot to me. Before we get started with episode number two, I just wanted to say Eid Mubarak to everyone celebrating today. I hope you guys are spending time with your loved ones, making memories, eating some amazing food. Make sure you guys are staying safe as we're still in the middle of a pandemic. On this week's episode, we'll be talking to two entrepreneurs from Ontario, from Toronto actually. Uh, they started their business a couple of years ago. They'll talk to us about what modern day entrepreneurship looks like, uh, what some of the risks they took, and how they stayed passionate. So let's get right into it. On today's episode, we have Christian and Josh from Ontario Esports League. Uh, Christian and I go back, I think, four or five years back. I met him through some campus recruitment. But without me telling a bit more about what he does, I'll let Christian and Josh introduce themselves. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. I guess it has been four or five years, eh, since the KPMG days. Yeah, Uh, it's been a while. And yeah, I guess we've both done a a lot of different things since then, which uh, doesn't involve too much accounting, which is pretty ironic. Not at all. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thanks for having us. Um, I guess we're here representing our, you know, call it side hustle entrepreneurial venture. Um, so we started the Ontario Esports League in the beginning of 2017, um, which, you know, looking back now, that is three and a half years ago. So pretty crazy uh, to think that. But um, yeah, my background was in the business realm, studied accounting, worked in accounting, um, and then, you know, basically like a lot of people in their mid 20s. You probably are wondering, is this for me? And you're probably going to start answering, probably not. Um, so yeah, just uh, started a business with my then roommate. So that's Josh. Um, I know he'll introduce himself, but uh, basically your typical, you know, we have an idea. Um, we really like working with each other. We both thought it was a great idea. So um, just kind of got started. Um, and yeah, three and a half years later, we're still going and Um, I'm sure we'll get into why we're still going and and what we exactly do later on. But um, yeah, just like the, everything got started just by, you know, doing something, by taking action, not just talking about it and planning. So um, yeah. Josh, what about yourself? Cool. So uh, my background is in uh, marketing and uh, advertising. Um, kind of uh, my professional career has been primarily focused on working on like big brand TV spots, you know, commercials, radio, anything really that um, helps people sell stuff. So I think that's actually been helpful for us kind of trying to grow our brand is by seeing how other brands, you know, utilize campaigns to grow their own. Um, But yeah, as Christian said, we live together and uh, he kind of already filled in our story, but he lived together. I played a lot of video games and uh, we had this idea one day just of, um, hey, why, you know, why don't we bring what we grew up doing, you know, in, in traditional soccer? Why don't we bring that model to esports? And, and then now we're here. <laughs> Fair enough. So you guys started this about three and a half years ago. And I think around that time, esports wasn't as big as it is now. A lot of the uh, sports giants, the NBA, NHL, MLB are playing their fair share uh, in that in that market overall. But when you guys started this three and a half years ago, what was the end goal? Did you guys have something? Was like, you know, we'll try it out. 
couple of months and see what it take, takes us. And what was the aha moment there? Yeah, I would say um, it's not so much, you're totally right that the big corporations weren't really into it yet. There wasn't really any of the professional, um, you know, sports teams that were investing into the space. But at the same time, there was, you know, a professional scene that was growing like crazy in the gaming side of things. So um, it kind of got built a different way than traditional sports. Um, traditional sports has, you know, the, the professional leagues for each of the sports, and then you have your franchises, and there's owners of the franchises. Um, esports was built a lot different where there were pro clubs, and they would have different rosters for different sports. So um, basically, they would play in different leagues. So the leagues weren't really the staple. It was more about the team and the professional teams that, that, that existed, and then they would just play in the different leagues and tournaments and events. Um, so when we were coming into it, um, there wasn't really like any sort of clear path or structure to get you onto these pro teams. Um, there wasn't really, you know, leagues and franchises and um, there wasn't really anything organized. You were either, you know, just the, one of the best in the world that got scouted through yeah. you know, your own profile and platform. Um, and, and that's a lot of luck. So we saw the opportunity, um, like Josh kind of mentioned, um, we, we, we grew up playing soccer and we grew up playing traditional sports. So, how could we, you know, build that same structure of the amateur industry that sports has that gets you to the pro kind of level? Um, so, you know, we created the Ontario Esports League. We, we played in the Ontario Soccer League for about 10 years. Um, so everything that we did in the beginning, especially, um, it was really just to replicate traditional sports. Um, so we knew that there was, you know, there was going to be a lot of growth on the professional side. Um, but when you're a startup and you're two guys in a condo downtown Toronto, you know, you don't have the financial backing to really punch at that weight class. Yeah. So, you know, we thought, you know, what, what's the most we could do with what we have? Um, let's create something that doesn't exist, like the grassroots organized structured league um, and add our own flair to it. So, you know, we, we've learned and grown so much from sports and we really feel like there was a huge gap in the amateur gaming and, and the organized Kind of youth sport uh, esports leagues um, that we, we could step in and really make an impact um, starting with our community in Ontario. For sure and when you guys started this out you guys started it off with a few events and tournaments and stuff like that across Ontario. I've been following you guys for a couple of years now. Um, what was the first response of people? Was there an interest and what kind of struggles you guys faced to kind of get people to sign up and you know earn people's trust in the industry? Yeah, when we first started, the the goal was uh, we were we were new to the scene, and there was, as Christian said, there was like uh, a few local communities that existed, primarily like Facebook groups or like meetups that existed in like each individual game. So every game had its own unique community of players, whether it was Overwatch, FIFA, you know, League of Legends or Dota. Um, so we we noticed that there was like kind of these little pockets everywhere. Uh, nothing truly like organized and and kind of created that professional experience the way that like we tried to bring. Uh, but what we wanted to do was like meet everyone from those communities, try to work as much as possible with them, learn what they needed, learn, you know, what we could do to help them um, develop that space more. Um, so we did that for a whole summer. I think we did like 15 events or something in the first summer, just really trying to understand what existed here in Ontario uh, for esports. Um, and then uh, I would say like we received a lot of positive feedback in certain areas, certain games, certain communities, and then a lot of hesitation on on other games and and a lot of like restrictions. So to that to this to to this day, 
there's a lot of games that we don't operate just because either the community doesn't exist yet, maybe not enough players, or the community themselves are are a little tight knit and you can't really tap into them as much as you know other communities can. Yeah. Um, uh, when we first started, actually, uh, we have this joke, but a lot of the events actually consisted of just our friends uh, who we played the games with already. You know, whether it was FIFA or NHL, we'd bring them out to an event, bring like 10 of our friends, and we'd have these smaller events. And that's kind of where we started until, you know, we got to a point where the events would be completely filled with people we did not know. And it just kind of grew from there. What about from a sponsorship perspective? So you guys were giving away cash prizes and, you know, had different companies. So we'll get to some of the collaborations you guys are working on right now in a bit. But in the beginning stages, how difficult was it for you to, you know, get those sponsors to, you know, get their trust and join you on your new venture? Yeah. I mean, I would say it's still difficult. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, when we first started, primarily all the events were the money would go into a pot, right? Or the prizes would be um, donated or, or, you know, players would all sign up and then the money would just be given right back to them to, to win. Um, we never really did this for the money or for, or uh, to do that. We really um, wanted to just give the community something to do because everyone was really looking for stuff to participate in. Um, and, you know, it's one thing to participate at home and, and be part of a, um, online event. Like you can be, you can play online with people from all around the world, but it doesn't really mean much unless you're, it doesn't mean much on a local level if you're uh, not there playing in person you're meeting other people um, a lot of our first events players met each other for the first time and became friends from that moment on so um. yeah and uh, just to add about the, the sponsorship um, in the beginning you know just not even just sponsorship but trying to get people out to the events kind of any yeah. of our marketing um, it's really just a lot of hustle so I know it's a very cliche word in the startup world um, but for us, I remember in 2017, I mean, I would, you know, we got a couple of really key sponsors early on, literally by just walking through the Eaton Center in Toronto uh, and going into stores. So two of our favorite stories are how we got Microsoft to sponsor one of our first events and throughout the summer um, were really key parts of bringing our ideas to life. Um, we literally just walked into the mall at uh, Eaton Center and I think Josh you asked the question like does anyone deal with community events like we're looking to talk to someone and they're like yeah we actually have a guy for that um, yeah. so they ended up wow. sponsoring about four of our events in the first year um, including being really um, important sponsors for our first annual charity esports event um, and that really launched us into a new um, stratosphere because we were able to take our vision of how do we take an esports um, set up into a conventional, um, you know, restaurant slash bar. Um, so we were really the first to get into that space and it wouldn't have happened if we didn't just walk into the store, you know, completely curious, like, Hey, is there anyone here that would be interested in helping us? Um, as well as Best Buy, same thing. I mean, I think we just called around and we just walked into stores and asking if there was anyone who would, you know, be able to offer some help. Um, obviously we were able to explain what we're doing. Um, we believed in our cause. I mean, a lot of it is about, you know, servicing the amateur and grassroots gaming community. Um, we did have a charity event there as well. So um, I think when we're able to just showcase the value we're bringing and that it's not just, you know, putting money into our pockets, um, that was able to win us a lot, you know, a lot more support early on, uh, especially in that first year when you need all the help you can get. Oh, for sure. And I guess like moving from on from that, the sponsorship, you know, you have the companies backing you, Microsoft joining you, Best Buy and stuff like that. When you look at the talent pool 
of gamers in Ontario or across, across Canada. There's been a couple of guys that have gone into the NBA 2K leagues from Toronto, uh, some guys from Vancouver. Um, how has the talent changed over the past couple of years? And do you think when you guys started Ontario Esports League, was that an opportunity, a platform for some of these gamers, you know, really, you know, get their voices out there and put their campaigns out there and showcase their skills? Yeah, like, do you want to tell them the story, Christian, of like Ronald or Huck or something? Uh, you want me to do it? You want to do it? I feel like you're a way better talker than I am. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're getting you we're getting you to practice it, man. Oh, I hate yeah. it. I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll try. I'll try it. I'll try it. I'll try it. I appreciate the I appreciate the moral support though to get me to talk. Just for the record, here I'm not the best speaker, but Christian's so good at it, so I try really hard to like speak as well as he uh, we're literally i've heard i've heard christian speak we, we are sabotaging like... your podcast to get josh the practice that he, <laughs> he is way better than he was three and a half years ago but oh josh, you have no idea i was brutal before i'm still brutal yeah. but put him in campus <laughs> recruitment right christian <sighs> yeah, man, I'm, a, I'm a born talker i guess but uh you know the thing is that josh and i we, we literally think the exact same things and we go through we've gone through everything like step by step so um it's uh, it's a it's a funny thing that like we're, we're different in what we can like bring to the table like he's much more artistic and like is able to like bring our ideas and put the concepts into like design and, and you know yeah writing and concepts and videos and, and different things and then i'm i guess just the guy who talks and uh brings it to life <laughs> in that manner um but the two of us it's, it's just funny like that we have you know similar it's, minds it's... but different ways of being able to communicate it out it's definitely, uh, you know, symbiotic. Is that the word? <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, Go with it. <laughs> we, we help each other out. Um, well, can you repeat the question? <laughs> we're focusing on, I think, the Ronald story that you guys are talking yeah. about. So there was um, one of our very first events we had was an Overwatch tournament. Um, and there was uh, a team that – I'm going to butcher the story. There was a team that came from – uh, University of Toronto, uh, and the captain of that team was a man named Ronald Lee, um, and they were playing at that time before the Overwatch League was even developed. There was a professional uh, Overwatch team here in Toronto called the Toronto Esports Club, uh, and at, at the time they were considered probably the best club in Toronto at Overwatch, and the collegiate scene was still being developed uh, in terms of players and rosters and, and, and you know, um, which teams were good and, and yeah. Um, so anyway, so the University of Toronto team uh, with Ronald Lee as the captain, uh, they made their way to the finals in one of our tournaments. Um, they ended up playing Toronto Esports Club uh, in the finals. Ronald and uh, University of Toronto ended up besting them and beating them. And from there, Ronald became the coach, got a job, and then he moved. And now he's uh, a, 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 he worked in the States for one of the biggest Overwatch teams. Um, kind of oh, not, wow. to say, not to say that we gave him the uh, platform he needed to shine but it definitely was a stepping stone um and then now he's one of uh, like the head coaches at a university somewhere um for esports so yeah it was really cool christian you can tell the, the huck story i guess or <laughs> yeah and to like add on to that i mean that was back in 2017 um so like i was saying earlier like the scene wasn't as developed even the professional side of things so this was before overwatch league existed so overwatch league was really the first franchise-based league to ever come out for esports 
um, where they sold to owners who could buy in to build uh, regional teams. So this was before the Overwatch League started. So there was no, you know, Toronto Defiant, which is the professional Overwatch League team uh, today. So we really had like the, the best competition that was in their local space of Ontario, um, which was the UFT, very, very competitive and highly skilled Overwatch team. Um, as well as the Toronto Esports Club, which was, you know, back then as, as high a tier of a professional team uh, because they entered all of the, the high-level tournaments that existed at the time for Overwatch. So, um, you know, I guess they had nothing better to do than come to our tournament that day. Um, but it was really cool getting to meet them firsthand, getting to see them compete against each other. Like Josh mentioned, um, Ronald was the captain of the UFT team, but he had bigger aspirations to become, you know, a, a paid coach in the space and at the time that was you know a very you know elusive job and it was really hard to get because there weren't that many opportunities um, so we kind of got to see him in the beginning of his esports career um, and he was a pretty big champion for us and and back then we were just in the stage of trying to learn as much as possible about the space um, so you know Ronald was able to educate us about Overwatch um, he kind of helped us out for future events as well um, so just a really good networking opportunity that we were able to provide um, and then the manager of the Toronto Esports Club, he ended up getting hired by the Boston Uprising. Um, so they're owned by the Craft Group out in uh, New England, and they were the investment into the Overwatch League team. So the manager of the Toronto Esports Club ended up getting hired to be their head of operations. Um, and I, I believe he was the head coach as well for mm -hmm. the Boston Uprising. So some pretty big players um, were at our you know, very grassroots event, but as the scene started to grow on the pro side, um, people started to, you know, look at um, our grassroots scene for, you know, what is the top talent here, either coaches, managers, or, or players. Um, and a couple people that played in that uh, finals match in our tournament, they actually got high, uh, they got scouted and then played in the Overwatch League. So as professional e athletes, or I, I don't even know if they're called e athletes, or esports athletes. Um, gamers, so, I just call them professional gamers, I guess. <laughs> professional gamers, we'll go with that. Um, so it's just been pretty cool for us to to know that they kind of came through our paths, um, and that you know we did kind of provide a platform for those people that you know weren't signed or weren't at the top tier competition just yet. Um, also, just want to add a little piece of information there. So I think like the inaugural season of the Overwatch League, teams paid I think twenty million dollars to buy in. Um, so um, the just giving you like some insights that the Overwatch League kind of operates yeah. the same way that the NHL operates or the NBA. Yeah. Um, I think the first season was 10 mil and then- I, I thought it was 12, but wow. then I'm looking on Google right now and it says it went up to 20. And they, now, did an, they did an expansion. So is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. yeah, like Toronto bought into the second season. I thought it was 12 the first season. That's what I remember, but. And do you think these, the prize money and stuff like that is going to be growing over the next couple of years. Cause I know the NBA so, has invested quite a bit into this kind of stuff, but so we, we have Overwatch a little bit of, bigger. Yeah, yeah. We have a little bit of, um, I definitely think that's like one of the reasons why esports is what it is, is like the prize money is kind of what everyone's into, but we, you know, Christian and I say this all the time that, you know, when we played soccer, we played soccer for X amount of years, paid tons and tons of money. And we you know we never really won a dollar in our life playing something that we really, really loved. Um, we do think that the uh, these giant prizes pools and the, and the money um, for esports actually kind of can do a lot more harm than good sometimes because um, players end up focusing on that rather than like the development of the game itself. Development of the of their skills in the, the game, but also the culture. 
the culture and wanting culture. to connect and meet other players, right? Exactly. So, um, yeah, Taha, for your background, like our our brand and slogan since we started this in our apartments has been to unite gamers and to break the stigma of gaming. Um, and we believe in that so much so that like we named our parent company literally Uniting Gamers. Um, so that's really our, our mission objective um, throughout all of this. It's how can we connect gamers with each other? Um, so, you know, whether it's through our leagues, whether it's through our events and tournaments, um, our online stream activations, we're literally never stopping to think about more ways of how we can just connect people together that love video games. Uh, the same way that if you love soccer, you can sign up for something. You can go meet other people. You can go to the park. Um, you could sign up for a local league. You could go to your, if you're in college or university, you could sign up for intramurals. You could go to drop-ins. Um, there's literally so many different ways that you could physically connect with people that are, you know, in your community that like something you like. And that just doesn't exist for gaming. Um, so that's really at the, at the core of, of every event and, and everything that we do in the space. How's the response been when you guys, and I, I, re, I went through your United Uniting Gamers uh, campaign. Um, how's the response when you guys are reaching out to these gamers? Like, hey, we want to do a profile on you guys, talk about you guys. And you, could, you did that 100-day campaign as well. How was the response? Like, were they excited for something like this? Were they intrigued? Like, oh, wow, like, it's, nothing, it's not been done before. And we're getting that attention from, like, a platform. What was going on with that? Yeah, I think the campaign was, it was number one, just an awareness campaign to showcase the diversity of gamers. Um, yeah. We, you know, reached out to people that were directly in our community. Um, once we got it going, then there was people reaching out to us that wanted to be profiled themselves. Um, we had a wide range. We had a, a range of, you know, people that are just casual recreational gamers that, you know, heard about us and, you know, they're just a normal person that likes video games. Um, and then we had some other people that have their own streams. Um, they're trying to, you know, grow their own brand. Um, some people had a pretty decent following on Twitch as well that were part of the campaign. Um, we had males, females, um, we had people of all ages that were part of it. Um, and it's really, again, going back to our MO of, of Uniting Gamers, it's, it's to show you that, you know, we're all, and I know Josh says this a lot, that we're, we're all gamers. We all played video games at some point in our time. Um, and, you know, really just trying to break down and um, break down the stigma that's around gaming that it's like, know a waste of time or it's not healthy for you or it's something that you've got to cut back on um, it's just another hobby in our eyes so you know the same way people play the piano or people learn an instrument learn an art um, you know people like video games and they like to compete they like to get better at it um, and just because you like video games doesn't mean you're you know you get put into a box and you know you're someone who wastes time you're not efficient yeah. um, you know we're just trying to show you that like you know it's just something that people like to do and um, here's the, you know, here's a hundred people and, and here's their different stories, their different ages. And this is what they do in their spare time. This is what they do, um, as their day jobs. And this is what they studied. So, um, I know for us, it was a very big wake up when we started this. Um, cause a lot of people didn't even know I was a gamer, um, or they wouldn't have thought, I didn't know that. yeah, I mean, you know, I play video games. I wouldn't say like, I'm, you know, super competitive or that I'm in, you know, the esports scene, but um, just getting to the amount of people that would be like, Hey, like, I didn't know you're interested in that. And I'm like, yeah, like, I didn't know you played video games either. Like one of my best friends, I didn't even know to the extent of the amount of gaming that this guy put in, uh, after hours. Um, and he's just like, yeah, I never thought to talk about it. You know, it's just one of those things that you kind of keep to yourself and 
it's hard to identify someone else who might be a gamer just because it's not talked about as much as maybe some other uh, more yeah. pop culture hobbies and interests. So, um, what games are you guys playing right now, though? If you were to name, I, I personally, so I play NBA 2K. That's the only yeah. game I play. Uh, and I play MLB, but that's only for the whole season mode, like the road to the show. I like, I like being the commissioner. So that's, the, <laughs> that's my level of gaming. But what about you guys? Are you guys playing Fortnite or what's the scene like right now? We're, we're playing Warzone probably every night together. Um, yeah, lot, lots of Warzone going down. Yeah, we don't have as much chemistry in Warzone as we do in business. Um, but I take Warzone. <laughs> I take Warzone a little bit too seriously. Yeah, we're all, we're also not equals when it comes to Warzone. <laughs> Josh is way better than I am. Um, I think I get pretty down on myself, and Josh, I wouldn't say lifts me up as much as he could. Um, but you know, we have a lot of fun. Uh, we've just been playing a lot of Warzone since it came out. It was pretty much right when COVID started. So yeah, uh, I think everyone hopped back in and and downloaded uh, Xbox Live um, and Warzone. So it's, uh, you think that's a top game right now, aside from the sporting games of FIFA or NFL and stuff like that? Do you think Warzone right now is the game to be playing? I know Fortnite had quite the following over the past year or so. That's kind of died down now over the year. Over yeah, I mean, months. if you want some like pro tips on the economic breakdown of what's popular, um, Warzone is is number one right now, and and all you got to really do is go onto Twitch and see what's most watched. Like that is sure. the number one tell all. If you're curious about esports and if you're curious about the industry and and what's popular now, you know, hop on Twitch and see what you know the hundreds of thousands of people are watching every single day. Um, a lot of Twitch is geared by who are the top streamers um, and the top streamers then play the top games. Um, that's kind of the cycle of, of how you stay relevant and, and you know, at the top of their game. So um, I'd say Warzone is definitely the most popular now. The most influential streamers are, are playing it and it's really fun to watch. Um, it's a really fun game to play. Um, and to what, you're, what you were saying about Fortnite and what we understand as you know, people operating a business in the industry, is Fortnite is still the king if you're if you're a child. So if for and I don't mean to say that like in a you know you're a child if you play Fortnite, but the younger yeah. demographic, um, if you think like eight to sixteen years old, where they might not even be you know an older age to play the very graphic Call of Duty Warzone um, or CS:GO or other games, um, Fortnite really owns the, the the youngest demographic of gamers, and they still do. Um, so we'll, we'll have tournaments and, and, you know, we've had about four Fortnite events in the past month. Um, primary demographic, again, 18 to 17, uh, sorry, 8 to 17. And it's still the number one game in terms of, you know, that, that future demographic. And I guess, like, my next question for you guys would be, so you guys have been in this for about three, four years now. You guys have changed uh, some of your target markets. Your events have changed. Obviously, with COVID, um, things have changed you guys can't do tournaments uh, and stuff like that uh, like you guys were a couple of years ago what's the end goal and what's that what's that you know benchmark you guys are trying to reach and where do you guys see Ontario Esports League five years from now yeah I'd say um, the Ontario Esports League we hope it continues to grow and become the marquee amateur esports league in Ontario um, that was its mandate also from the start was that we wanted to provide that structure the same way soccer, the same way basketball, any traditional sport has, um, you know, that 
structure to kind of get to what, what's the end goal, right? The end goal is you can get a scholarship that now exists in esports. You can go professional that now exists in esports. Um, and, you know, aside from that stepping stone to get to the next level, we want it to be a place where you meet people that are from your neighborhood, people that are from your city, people that are from your province. Um, and we're really just building out that competition. And as we continue, you know, over the years, we've only grown to get larger and larger. You grow in reputation, you become more credible. Um, and we hope to be bringing on some, you know, some good sponsors that can bring our ideas even more to life um, and give more value back to the community because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make this community, um, you know, that started from scratch um, and we're really trying to continue to grow it. Um, and then a on a larger scale, um, you know, I know we've kind of briefly mentioned our, our parent company called Uniting Gamers. Um, the mandate for Uniting Gamers is to basically take all that we've learned from creating the Ontario Esports League and enable other communities to bring esports to their community. So our slogan for that is, you know, your community plus our platform equals Uniting Gamers. And right now, um, we're in the education piece. So we're basically working with our clients, um, charities, soccer organizations, more recently Canada Basketball. Um, we have an exciting announcement coming out next week. And by the time this is live, it'll already be public, but we're working with uh, Wilfrid Laurier University here in Ontario um, to bring intramural esports to their university. Oh wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really taking everything that we learned from Ontario Esports League and now giving the tools um, to you know the future to, to all of these communities that know there's gamers within their community um, so that's really our you know our primary focus as Ontario Esports League is going to you know continue to grow at a steady rate um, we really see a lot of opportunity with Uniting Gamers to you know acquire clients and really build out the space outside of just our one community um, we see our one community as kind of the you know, the foundation and, and we learned everything from it, but now we can spread this, you know, across Ontario, across Canada, and eventually, um, you know, anywhere in the world. We, we're hoping that Uniting Gamers provides that framework for communities to um, basically run esports within their community. So, yeah. So you mentioned a bit about partnerships with universities. So there's another partnership that I was going to touch upon, which was the Canada Basketball and Carl Wolf partnership you guys have been working on. Um, how did that fall into place? What's that looking like? And what can people expect in regards to upcoming partnerships with Canada Basketball? Yeah, um, Josh, Josh, I don't know. Do you want to do this? <laughs> you go, I'll chime in. I'll chime in. <laughs> I don't want to be a hog, man. No, I like it. Uh, I prefer it. I prefer it. <laughs> He'll make yeah, up for it in Warzone tonight, right? Yeah, no. Uh, he better. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't wait to play Warzone. <laughs> don't don't talk about it, Todd. It's like a, it's an addiction. <laughs> it's like a healthy, healthy addiction. It's a healthy uh, addiction. We we don't use the A word around here. Yeah, we don't use the A word. Uh, we just want to get better at the game. Um, <laughs> develop, develop our skills. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean the the relationship with Canada Basketball, just like so many things when you're when you're part of a startup is you use your contacts and your resources so we had a contact at Canada Basketball um, that we knew who's pretty high up there and was able to convey down to the Canada Basketball kind of community event engagement folks um, you know what are we doing during COVID we we want to do something in the esports space but we don't know where to start so that's kind of how we get brought into all the conversations with our clients um, they're curious about esports and they don't know where to start. So Canada basketball was really no different than that. 
Um, we then kind of brainstormed amongst our team, you know, what's a cool idea that we could do that's 100% from home and virtual. Um, so we created sort of this pro-am activation where we would facilitate a open tournament to anyone across Canada. Um, and then the winners of the tournament would get to play against the celebrity athletes. So Canada basketball was able to get Aaliyah Edwards, who's, a, who's on the women's national team, along with, and she has a full ride heading to University of Connecticut. So like a big deal, oh, wow. um, high profile, um, you know, up and coming okay. Canada basketball uh, female athlete. And then they were able to get Chris Boucher, who obviously plays for the Toronto Raptors, but is also a, a national team member. Um, so we, you know, they had them, um, you know, basically volunteer their time to, to put forth into this activation. Um, we, we facilitated the tournament side of things for the open. Um, and then what we were able to do is have them stream and play against each other. Um, so we're actually posting it in, in August once it goes live. Um, but they already played and we basically were able to um, raise funds for the Canada Basketball Foundation. Um, so we Amazing. were able to yeah, acquire sponsorship that was able to donate funds towards the foundation. Um, we're going to be running you know, a full-on sponsorship activation during the, the stream. Um, so you're going to see layered in um, content from our sponsors. So we were able to get RBC on board. Um, Bell is on board. So again, when you're working with Canada basketball, you're able to tap into, I'd say, a higher cachet of sure. sponsorship. And um, we're just excited to kind of get into that, that, that pool of, you know, very high level. And, you know, we're talking about a Canadian sport governing body. Um, so really exciting stuff for us and uh, exciting stuff for them, right? This is a whole new pillar for them to tap into. For sure. Um, we were able to sell this as, you know, the, the players themselves get to raise their profile. Um, they love gaming already. So this is able for them to, um, you know, on stream, show some personality, get to connect with some of their fans. Um, we're expecting a really good um, outpour of, of viewers um, for when this does go live on Twitch. So we're excited about that. Um, and then for future, it's just building upon this. So this is just one. Um, you know, eventually you want to look at, you know, getting some other players involved as well. As you know, Taha, there's a lot of really good Canadian talent. Um, yes. And it's very inspiring um, to know that, you know, Canadians Definitely. have gone so far into the NBA world as well. Um, so how can we share, um, you know, how do we get them and get them to connect with their fans in a different way? And, and we genuinely believe that we're able to provide that platform. Um, where they're in a lax environment, they're playing video games, they're on stream, they're interacting with their fans. Um, and we're just excited about what the future looks like for them. And, you know, outside of Canada basketball, we already have talks going with some other sport bodies. Um, as you know, there's, you know, some other sports that are pretty popular in Canada. Um, yes. And we're really um, looking to catapult this um, and put our name as, you know, that go-to esports, um, you know, experts that can, that can get you um, those activations that you wouldn't really know where to start. So, yeah. That's amazing. I'm looking forward to seeing that stream. I'll definitely be tuning in for that. I'm a big basketball fan overall. So for me, it's a win-win yeah. situation. Maybe you, I guess enter, so. maybe you can enter the next one. I don't know if I'm, if I'm that good. Like I said, that, I focus, I that focus line, on... That line that you just said is why we exist in gaming. Because people I, always say, I'm not good enough or I don't think I should try, but the reality is you should try no matter what. Just have fun. It's, I focus you know, on the, the salary cap. I, I manage teams. I run my own league. You know, I'm the guy sitting there with the CBA open up, learning all the trade rules and stuff like that, right? So okay. I'll manage okay. a team if I have to. Um, <laughs> I guess my, second, my last question before we go into the segment of my two rupees is you guys started your own business. You're, as per Christian, it's modern day 
entrepreneurship because you guys are working full time, but you're also running a business at the same time. Uh, what's an, some advice you guys would give to anyone that obviously with COVID happening, a lot of people are starting their own businesses, uh, juggling a full-time job or whatever it is. What's some advice you guys would give to the next generation of entrepreneurs? Yeah. I mean, Christian probably has a much better, more well thought answer than I do. But the first thing that comes to my mind is um, just do it and just like, um, just try something. Like the, I think the one thing that we did and we were never afraid to do is just, you know, throw as many things at the wall and then see kind of what sticked. And then, uh, you know, never really counted anything as an actual failure or a loss. If, you know, we, we, we learned something from every single thing that we tried and then we just hope to, you know, get better from every single thing that we, we did. Um, and I think the, the big thing was also just always ask yourself why you're doing it and, uh, and then who's it for? Um, because, you know, it's so easy to get lost in there's, there's been many times that we've been trying to build a brand where we could have easily got lost in, you know, trying to follow the money or follow the wrong reasons, but we always kind of had to ground ourselves and say, well, we're doing it for this reason. Therefore, this is probably the best, uh, best path we should take. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, I think that's a, a bit more on, on the business side of things. I think for me, I, I'm very like in tune with myself and self-aware and um, I know that I was in an industry that I didn't see a long-term future for myself. And I was always craving that sort of marketing, consulting, business strategy type of work. And I really saw this as an opportunity to, you know, just do exactly what I want to do, create my own work, um, do what I love to do and what I'm passionate about. And I felt that, you know, trying, trying something on your own, that, that should be the point, you know, it should be about you know, pushing yourself to the limit um, and, and trying to do things that maybe your existing corporate career, you know, wasn't putting you in that sort of direction. Um, and then, you know, speaking, I mentioned the term modern day entrepreneurship uh, because of course, you know, you have bills to pay, you got you got food to sure. buy and you got to live somewhere. So, you know, living downtown Toronto isn't that cheap. Um, so you kind of have to be realistic when you're starting out. Um, I know it's tempting and, and you'll hear, you know, the cliches of, you know, you got to leave your job and, and risk everything. And um, if you don't do that, then you're not serious. Um, so it, it is tempting to feel like you need to, you know, put yourself out there and commit 100%. But then you might find yourself, you know, taking shortcuts. And like Josh mentioned, kind of chasing the money and um, we could safely say that we never chased, you know, instant, instant funds or gratification through, a, you know, getting paid or paying ourselves. And because we, you know, have our day jobs and because we are able to provide for ourselves, we were never able, you know, we were never wanting to take shortcuts on the business. Um, and we are genuinely moving at our own pace. Like Josh said, we're, you know, we're learning from every single thing that we do. And, and I want to make one point that we were never too hard on ourselves. Um, and to this day, we're never too hard on ourselves. Um, we understand we're realistic. When we do well, we feel good. And when we do bad, you know, it, it feels bad in the moment, but you know, you're going to grow and, and learn from it. And we have another line that we always say, um, it's impossible to fail if you never quit. And we know that we're never going to quit. So um, for us, it's always a long game. And we know that we're in it for the long haul. Um, we've probably met we've had maybe 300 meetings in three years, probably 300 meetings, meeting completely random people from all walks of life um, and not a single person has ever told us that what we're doing is wrong or that our idea is bad. So we kind of have a North star. Uh, we're working towards it. Um, whether we get there in one year, whether we get there in three years, five years, we know we'll get there eventually. 
Um, or, you know, we might never get there, but along the way, we're going to have a lot of fun and we're going to, you know, make a lot of people happy and we're going to know that we stuck true to what we, we set out to do in the start. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of wisdom that, that we've followed. We, we met a lot it was of people. Good. It was good. Yeah. We met a lot of people along the way that have, that have helped guide us as well. And, um, you know, sure. I know we're, we have so many words and things, but another one is that you just never know who you're going to meet. And, um, just by doing it and putting yourself out there, um, that's the only way you're going to meet people um, in any entrepreneurial venture. I know I have some friends that have started businesses recently in the past couple of years, and um, it, it's just, it's the same stories, you know, and, and yourself yeah. with the podcast, like two, three years from now, it's just like, you have no clue who you're going to meet in that time. Um, exactly. And change the, you know, the, the launch of, or the, the growth of where, what you're experiencing. So um yeah, it's just, uh, it's been a pleasure. And, and anytime we get them to meet with people, we, we always say yes. No, I, and I appreciate the grind and the passion that you guys have. And you guys also taking the time to chat with us today, um, sharing your story. And I think it's, it's an inspirational story because I've known Christian for a long time. And I've, I remember his, you know, KPMG recruitment days and our baseball talks and our basketball talks and talking about how much he loved doing a CPA and uh, his day job, but I, but I also knew he, he had it within him that he wanted to do something else. And to see where he is today, it's great to see that he's come a long way and he's been able to accomplish everything he has. Um, to finish it off, we do our My Two Rupees, and I guess my question will be about sports because uh, there's, there's no other way to end it. Uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but uh, the sports leagues have started up again. Um, it's a great time to be a sports fan. I think you got basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf tennis all on tv at the same time so for me I, i've been glued to my tv for the past couple of days if you were to pick the stanley cup champion for this year right now without any bias who would it be the leaps are going to win two rounds <laughs> they'll beat like columbus. The they'll beat columbus and they'll beat whoever they play in the, in the next round i'm confident in that i don't think they'll win the whole thing um I don't know. It's honestly NHL is such a it's such a random team that could win it all. Um, I don't know. I think St. Louis is going to win again. I think they've got it. St. St. Louis and Washington will play in the finals. That's my guess. It could be completely Josh, wrong. Josh, what about you? Um, you really don't want my insights when it comes to sports. <laughs> like Josh might um, never have watched a hockey game in his life. <laughs> I might have, I've watched at least one. Might have not. I might have not even watched a full game, but I've definitely watched one. Um, I'm going to have to say something else. <laughs> uh, interesting fact, though, Mitch Marner actually just uh, invested in the Toronto Defiant in, in the Toronto yeah. Ultra. So um, that's cool. <laughs> so I'm going to say that Josh is going to go with the Leafs. I'm going to go with the Leafs. I have to, I think, just because I'm, uh, I don't know any better. Well, I hope Christian, said, right. Christian said Columbus, and I was like, who? <laughs> thought that was like a college. Anyway, don't, don't put that in there. <laughs> No, well, I hope one of the Toronto teams, the Jays, the Raptors, or the Leafs, you know, bring it home for us this year. Uh, I think the city deserves another championship after last year. But aside from that, thank you guys so much for joining us today. I uh, appreciate all your time, your advice. Uh, hopefully, we'll connect again, maybe in a couple of months, to see where you guys are and reflect back on this episode. I'll have all your links in the description. So make sure you guys check them out on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'll put their emails down below as well. And uh, do you guys have anything else before we sign off? Thank you, buddy. I cannot yeah, wait. You. I cannot yeah. wait to see this. 
um, and all the other good. ones, man. Um, you're I, gonna be I, you're gonna be great, buddy. I, uh, I, I feel like I'm gonna have PTSD after uh, after I listen to myself <laughs> speak, but um, you did an amazing job. So uh, Thanks, we're gonna we're, we'll be interviewing you next time for our United Gamers campaign. Yeah. <laughs> all right, looking forward to it. <laughs> all right, take care, guys. Have a good one. Huge shout out to Josh and Christian from the Ontario Esports League for joining us this week. I hope you guys had a great time learning a bit more about the esports landscape in Canada and around the world, how it's been changing over the past couple of years, what to expect. Make sure you guys stay tuned on their social media accounts as they, they have some amazing events coming up. If you guys need more information, make sure you hit them up on their emails as well. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Shake-Up. I'll be back with another episode in two weeks. It's your boy Taha Shake signing off on this week's episode.